Tonight is about life. The stories we hear in scripture remind us that God is a God of life. These days and weeks leading up to this holy moment remind us of the power of the life of God. We can forget it sometimes. These last few days, I've been using the story of the prodigal son to lay beside the stories that we hear in this last week of Jesus' life to remind us of the goodness and the abundance and the mercy of God as is demonstrated in that story of the father who welcomes home his son who left. And if you remember in that story, this young son, the younger son, asks for his father's and for his part of his father's inheritance, even though his father is very much alive. And once he receives it, he sets out and has a good time with it. Doesn't think a thing about it. Spends it any way he wants to until it runs out. He hires himself out to work as a servant in someone else's field, and he's given the job of feeding the pigs. And it is while he is sitting beside them in there, watching them eat the slop in the trough, and his stomach grumbles, that he remembers himself. And he says to himself, my father's servants eat better than I do now. I would be willing even to eat what these pigs are eating. And the son decides that he will return home and admit his wrongdoing to his father, even going so far as to say, I'm not worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired hands. He is willing to enter into his father's household as a servant. Well, if you recall, the father remembers that he is his son And he does not treat him like a servant, but treats him like his son, welcomes him home, gives him the family ring, puts a robe around his shoulders, pulls him into the house, gets a goat to slaughter. They are having a party because the son that was lost has now been found. The older brother, who is working out in the fields, hears the ruckus back at the house and comes asking another servant, what's what's going on? Why the party? And that servant said, oh, didn't you hear? Your younger brother is back. And your father has thrown a party to celebrate that he is here. Well, if you recall, the older son is furious. And the father comes out and begins to plead with him, it says in the scriptures. Begins to plead with him that he might come in and join the party. And he's so angry at the generosity of his God, of his father, He's so angry that his dad would overlook the craziness of his younger brother, the way that he squandered all that his father had worked for, that he's still working for. And he says to his dad, you haven't even given me a goat to share with my friends. And his father says to him, son, everything I have is yours. Everything I have is yours. Oh, how do we forget this? How do we forget this? This Easter vigil is a reminder to us of God's saving acts throughout all time. We've only read three of the lessons that we could have read tonight. There's six. Because we forget 
We forget how God saves his people over and over and over again. We have to hear very dramatic stories so that we can start to believe it. So it will start to sink into us. We allow it to sink into us. It seems so impossible. Can God really be that good? Can God really be that loving, that gracious, that merciful? Really? Really? I'm not an idiot. Yes, God says, I am a God of life. I have been a God of life from the beginning. And I am a God of life still. And I invite you to come into life where I am. Everything I have is yours. And yet, it's hard to believe. I remember in one time in my life when I had what felt like an impossible thing before me. And I set out in hopes to find it. But it seemed impossible. I knew that it, it was a long list. And yet, it was met. And I was in disbelief. And I said something about it to God. I don't even remember what the words were that I said. But I do remember God's words to me. Whitney, did I not make water come out of a rock? Did I not make water come out of a rock? And my response was, yeah, but this is harder. (laughs) How ridiculous. We are invited into the life of God. Everything I have is yours, he says to us. Come and believe. Put yourself in the narrative that I am giving you, that I am a God of life. Put your life in mine. Every single person has a narrative for how life happens and works. None of us doesn't have one. We fool ourselves if we think we don't. You do. God invites us to come into his, for he is a God of life and of love. And so when we find ourselves faced with the impossible, we have a list now. You have one. I know you do. In fact, if you've been watching the news, you're looking out over the course of this upcoming 2016 year, and you say, oh my gosh, this is impossible. And God says, what would love have you do? Ask the question. What would love have me do in this situation? Just ask the question, God says. Just ask it and I'll tell you. Because I am a God of life. And love generates life. We hear the story of Jesus' resurrection as another point of this story. Because truly, death is final, we say. It's impossible for anyone to be raised from the dead. Jesus raises Lazarus, and still people aren't sure they believe. Well, here we are, folks, celebrating the resurrection of Christ. Because death does not have the last word. Death has been conquered. God wants us to know that God is a God of life. He takes our wrongdoings unto himself 
even when it kills him. But it doesn't. His love is so abundant that it can conquer even that which we think is definite. So God invites us tonight and for all days to remember that God is a God of life, a God of love. Now, what would love have us do?